our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Season three! Oh, boy. Here it comes. Even though we've done this show like 250 times, I still have no idea what I'm talking about. We may not know what we're doing, but we're having fun. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. The only way the out is way up. Is this is How this to Do Life. How to do life. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd! Just a quick warning. How to Do Life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about How to Do Life. Let's get into it. Happy spring! I think today is the official day, first day of spring. Yeah, uh, I mean, not when this show comes out, but in the actual recording yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's springtime. It, it occurred spring. to me this morning that today was the first day of spring. And I love that because it's really time to spring clean our habits. We're going to talk about that today. Our lives. In the show. Our yes, whole our whole lives. Got We're it. going to talk about that in the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. We have a guest with us today, Tristan Ragland. He is... Um, a really cool, sweet guy and a really super smart guy that I met a couple of months ago. We're going to talk about the work that I'm doing with him. He is a doctoral candidate at FSU in exercise physiology, and he's going to um, reveal the secrets to um, staying fit while Ooh. we age. Well, you know what? We can use them, I'm sure. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's time. It's going to be good. Um, but before we get into that, we have a little bit of housekeeping. Housekeeping. Come back later, please. Housekeeping. Just a little bit of a reminder, guys, that we have changed the schedule of our show. So now, instead of having new shows on Wednesdays and Fridays, we have new shows on Wednesdays. Um, and so if you want to hang out with us, it's Facebook Live Monday mornings around 9.45, 10 o'clock is when we get kicked off. And then new show on Wednesday and then lots of fun on uh, social media between Wednesday and the next Monday. So um, stay tuned if you haven't already liked our page. Um, like us on Facebook and Instagram and come see us Monday mornings and listen on Wednesday mornings. And today is going to be the first day that we have a new segment for you. So stay tuned at the end yep. because now that we're doing one show a week, Heather and I can't stand not to <laughs> be the creator and the person who gets to do everything. So we have a fun new segment for you. We have too much to talk about. We and over on weeks. the over on the Facebook Live, so if you're listening to this on the podcast, if you're listening to this Wednesday, uh, over on the Facebook Live, you'll be able to see how we kind of created the um, segment header for the new segment. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. It'll yeah. Be fun. We'll see. It'll be yeah. fun. It's going to be a surprise for everybody. Hooray. Okay. So um, since it is March the end, that means we it's way past time for us to do an update on our... And now it's time to talk about our goals. All right, how you doing? Not awesome. No? No. I've been on vacation. I went on vacation. Yeah. Then I got my kids back for a week. Then I went on vacation. Now I have my kids back for a week. Then I'm traveling for work for a week. And I'm telling you, that's just not the kind of stride right. to successfully maintain good habits yeah you know it's yeah. just it's too much variability so you know no I, mine, mine suck and I was really pleased that I knew you were going to ask me about it today too yeah. <laughs> well okay so to update Tristan we set these goals at the beginning of the year um we each have um we're both hikers and walkers and so we each have a goal of doing 2021 miles in 2021 
And then we both have different goals. Like I have a goal of streamlining impulse spending. And so I'm not going into Target. I'm just doing the curbside picking up, which is doing awesome. Still have yet to go into Target. Uh, I I have noticed that I go to Walmart. So yeah, I'm now, you told us that. So, so now she's I'm, just swapped stores. <laughs> There's a but, little junkier step down. And yeah, she's still doing that. Once yeah. I noticed that I just swapped stores, I nipped that in the bud. And I haven't been to Walmart either. So wow. the goal is to not spend as much on Are you sending stuff. Robbie? No, I'm truly not spending money on stupid things. Are you online ordering? No. Okay. I am truly not spending money on stupid things. Then I am proud of you and I commend you. Yes, very, thank very you. nice. Thank you. Um, I am uh, do like so. I have really, really upped my protein and down my carbs. I've got my super sweet. Um, this is my new drink of choice. My boost glucose control. Like I'm a diabetic, even though I'm not. <laughs> um, I make this my coffee creamer and my my breakfast and everything else. So I am like my nutritional goals are going pretty well. My walking goals, I'm, I'm below my miles right now. I'm, I'm a I'm little bit. my miles the way that I want to. So yeah, I'm a little bit below on mine too. I set a goal of 200 miles for March and I could make it if I really commit myself, I could make it. I'm, I'm close enough now, um, but the past couple of weeks have been rough. Just weather has been bad and yeah. it's starting to get warmer and that makes it not as much fun to walk. You know but. what we should do? I mean, you probably can't because Heather's super, super busy doing 8,000 jobs, but we should, when we leave here on Mondays, now that we only do one show and we get to leave a little earlier, we oh, should yeah. choose a trail and we should um, tell some of our friends where they can meet us and, and walk on a trail with that us. That would be nice. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. I'm not saying we'll actually do it, but I'm saying <laughs> it's a good be idea nice? though. Yeah. <laughs> If we idea. did do that, it would be great. If we do that, it would be a great idea. <laughs> We'd have to have people tell us that they really wanted to do that with us yeah. in order for us to commit to such a thing. <laughs> well, so we also set goals of, now this was back in January, we set the dry January of no alcohol in January, and then I extended it into March, and then actually Chrissy had hers started a little bit later. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now I, I deviated off a little bit, and now I'm getting back. I, I've decided I, I'm going to go do dry mid-March till (laughs) mid-April. That's good. I mean, and I kind of did the same thing. You know, like when I was in California, I was like, guess what? I'm in California and I'm going to have a drink if I want to have a drink. And yeah, I didn't like go nuts or anything, but I did, you know, deviate a little bit. (laughs) You know, when we had, um, you know, it's a, I think that it is a um, over said cliche, everything in moderation. It always bothers me when people say everything in moderation. I really prefer nothing in extremes. You know, I think, and I think that there is a difference. I think there's a difference between everything in moderation, because there are some things that I don't allow into my life, even in moderation. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it's fair to say nothing in extremes. And so I think that's where we are. I think that's good. I like that. Yeah. It's a real grown up attitude. Thanks. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. speaking of um, grown up attitudes, that's what we're going to talk about in the grab bag. We're going to talk about being grown ups. What? What did they come up with now? Let's see what's in the grab bag. I think I've got it. Okay. So back when we started setting these goals, um, I had already signed up to participate in a study that Tristan is doing at FSU um, about, well, I'll let him just explain what it is that the study is about, and then I'll tell you why I decided to participate in it. Welcome, Tristan. Tristan, tell us about it. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you. Um, Super excited to be here with you and to share what we're doing at FSU. Um, 
So my study is basically looking at the difference between endurance athletes of different body sizes, physiological differences. Um, in recent years, the um, excitement around like marathons and half marathons and um, Spartan races and just endurance events has really grown. And with that, the diversity of body sizes within those events has also really grown. And so we were trying to, to determine, you know, what differences exist between lean endurance athletes and endurance athletes who continue to carry a little bit excess fat on their body. Um, and if there are differences that are leading towards that fat being maintained more than just the basic understanding or the general idea that, Oh, well they just continue to overconsume food. Right. Right. Um, I think we're, we're getting to a better understanding of physiology now that it's not just as simple as, Oh, you just end up eating more. Yes. Your body compensates. Um, it's really good It Oh, you burned this many calories. Let's eat those. Right. Right. Um, but for the most part, at least in terms of sedentary people, um, there are physiological differences between lean people who are just naturally sedentary lean and naturally sedentary overweight. Hmm. And those differences a lot of times boil down to your body's fat cells being able to release fat out of them, your ability to handle glucose in the system, like how much insulin you're you're secreting to a glucose load in the in the blood um and so we wanted to determine if the same differences in sedentary people which we've seen for decades are similar within endurance athletes so people who are regularly active regularly exercising well above um the recommendations of like 150 minutes a week um to see if if those same physiological differences we see in sedentary people exist in highly active people. As soon as I saw this advertised, I jumped on it because I had already been in a place where I was feeling like I've gotten far away from where I really like to be with my fitness. I was still training. I was still running, but I was eating differently. I had a whole pandemic diet thing mm -hmm. going on. And I, I had slacked off on my strength training and I just felt like I'm not in my zone. And I love participating in these studies. I've done a few of them already. Yeah. I did one where it was a um, like a DEXA scan for like bone density. And I was so excited because I got a full body x-ray printout like i can see i got one of those ones skeleton. too at fsu i got yeah. to see my skeleton too isn't it and awesome mine was mine was pre-weight loss so tristan i've had um weight loss surgery i've had um gastric uh sleeve surgery okay and um so i've i lost over 100 pounds um oh, so congratulations thank you um so <laughs> for me before that surgery i tried like a really restrictive really terrible not particularly 
sound science diet program, but I was supervised by a doctor and I got to, you know, do some things with FSU too. And I thought that it was a really healthy choice at the time, but they did that body scan and I got to see, like, it was truly motivational for me because I got to see my tiny little skeleton in there, like fighting amongst all this, you know, yeah. extra body mass. And, and it was like, oh my gosh, you're, you're just little inside there. You need to, you know, <laughs> that's I a thought... lot for those bones to handle, you know? It was so cool. I was able to see, like, I was able to verify that yes I do have one leg slightly shorter than the other which I notice when I'm running and I notice with my gait when I'm running really oh yeah and I just it was so so cool and so anyway when I saw the opportunity to do it I had already done some fat metabolism stuff at FSU um, already and I'm just curious about it and I'm at I was at like the the you know the beginning of this renewed fitness goal mm -hmm. thing and so it was great. So in January, I had my first appointment. And so the way that the, that the study works, you have to go two times. And, um, and it's based on your hormonal level during the month. And so you have to wait until you're at a point in your cycle when it's right to go. And then... That's um, why I couldn't do it because of those amazing Depo Provera shots. Right, never, yeah. So I never have qualify. that. I'm like, that's not a thing in my life. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I still qualified. So... Um, so the first visit, we got some baseline measurements, and I got to get into the bod pod. Did I do the bod pod on the first day, or is that the yeah. second day? What's okay. a bod pod? Tell us what the bod pod is. Okay, so the bod pod is looks like um, a space-aged egg. It's a capsule that we open up, you sit inside, and it basically it measures your body fat percentage or gives us an estimate of body fat percentage based off of the amount of space that you take up inside of the egg it's so cool um Sounds amazing it's kind of like similar to underwater weighing it, mm -hmm. it measures displacement um but instead of water displacement and having to hold your breath while you're blowing out all of your air you just sit and breathe as normally as possible you know in an egg which is not something most people do every day so that's a little difficult but yeah for the most cool. part it's just you sit there it measures how much space you take up in the egg and based off of um, your weight and your height and things like that and other things we tell the computer, it gives us an estimate of what your body fat percentage is. And it gave me an estimate of my body fat percentage, which was 23.2% body fat. Okay. So I wonder, Tristan, when you think about me, I'm 44 years old, female, endurance athlete, vegetarian. I I work out. I think that 23% body fat seems high for my level of activity. But because we as laymen look at charts that may or may not be accurate for what our body fat percentage should be. And then I think we all have an idea of what it should be. But I'm curious, where does that put me on a range of healthfulness with a 23.2% body fat? So for a female of your age, that puts you in a healthy normal range. Okay. So for females, generally the lowest amount of body fat that we um, generally will see or is even slightly recommended would be 12 to 13% is basically deemed required 
for your body to maintain normal physiological function. See, and I know women who are trying to get to that. Do you know, like, can you give us like a couple of like celebrity examples of who might have that kind of body profile? I'm trying to think of what that looks like. Yeah. Of like 12. Is it like a 12 to 13 percent? Venus and Serena are are like, is it like a. They would probably be closer to like. Is it like a like a a model? I would say so if you look at. So when it comes to models like you're talking about, like Mm -hmm. walking down a runway. Yeah, they're body fat. Right. Their body fat percentage is probably going to still be elevated in terms of like around the 20, even mid 20s. Because a lot of times they have big boobs. They're focused <laughs> they're focused on more looking a certain way, not necessarily fitness. So their gotcha. muscle yeah. mass mm-hmm. is generally lower. Okay, gotcha. Um okay. so that's like when somebody is skinny fat. When yeah. they're skinny, their body is small, mm-hmm. but they don't have a they don't have very much muscle. I was so definitely like that, that percentage is high. Like when I did mm-hmm. that hike when I weighed hundred and eight pounds, you know, like I was super skinny, but I was like pretty low tone, you know, like I wasn't like I wasn't like toned and like lean. I was just super thin, you know. Well, I was curious to know what my body fat percentage was because I wanted to know. And then I also wanted to have a benchmark to start from. Mm -hmm. And so that was that was really helpful for me to know. And then I had my own internal dialogue of what I thought it should be and then what it was and then kind of trying to do the math of like okay so is that good i need some context to know whether that's good because i personally in my body feel like i have even though i'm not overweight i have fat that i want to lose and Mm -hmm. so my objective is that by the end of the year i will have improved my body fat percentage that it would be a lower percentage of my mass And so that's what I'm working on this year with a combination of strength training and continuing, you know, I'm always going to be a runner. But then I'm also curious about the nutrition side of things and what type of nutrition changes I might need to make so that I can lower my body fat percentage and and with without with still staying true to that nothing in extremes Mm -hmm. philosophy of, you know, just I'm used to be willing to go into extreme workout, extreme diet. I'm not as much willing to do that at 44 anymore. You know, like if part of that is the balance of what would it take and am I willing to do that? I told uh, Maddie Rowe this morning, I'm like, you know, like I'm kind of at an age where like I want to have super bright white teeth. <laughs> I, also, I also really love coffee. I also really want to drink this coffee right, right. now. You know, like <laughs> I want to be super thin and fit. And I also want to eat the jambalaya that I just made. Right. You know, and, and it's like balance every day of, you know, well, which one of these, you know, benefits me yeah. more. And sometimes, sometimes in a pandemic, it feels, I think that we have all felt that a short term uh, boost mm-hmm. is very, very meaningful. And I think that a lot of us are trying to get back into a groove where we're more forward thinking because right now so we're just too. trying to get through every day still, you know. Well, something that Tristan said at the beginning, um, you know, was also really interesting to me because we, you know, I'm a runner. I participate in a lot of running events. And you're right. Over the past few years, I think that we have had had an evolution and a greater appreciation for the varied body types and sizes that can participate in endurance events. Used to be people thought that if you were an endurance runner, you were super skinny. That's just not the case. And I don't think that it's a requirement at all. Or I don't think it's necessarily people's goal. 
But I'm curious to know whether your study is going to help us see whether or not there is a difference in the way people's individual bodies actually process fat that can lead. So I guess what I mean by that is if there's somebody who says, I don't understand why I'm overweight because I run 50 miles a week. So I should be super skinny. There's got to be a reason. Like that. I'm a person like that. Like before I had surgery, I mean, I I walked just about as much as I do now, you know, toward toward the end right before I got surgery. Um, but now my body has two things going for it that it didn't before. One, a lot of my fat cells are gone, you know, because I had a, I had like like the skin surgery cut off. I had, you know, I had all that skin removed and I can't. I'm not ever going to have like a like a chubby wubby here. I, I just can't, you know, like my I'll get fat somewhere else, you know, like I'll have <laughs> fat arms or, you know, a fat ass or something. But, you know, but I won't get fat in my stomach again because I don't have fat cells there right. you know, to, to be able to. The other thing that my body has going for it now that it didn't before is that when they took out that portion of the stomach, they also take out some of the um, space where the chemicals, hormones, whatever stuff that you know way more about than I do, where that stuff is made to tell me that I'm hungry and to tell me that I should eat more calories and things. My brain doesn't tell me that like it used to, you know? Um, But the longer and longer that goes by after surgery, the more I have the ability or risk, I guess, to stretch that stomach pouch to regain weight in those ways. And you have to maintain those habits. You know, it's, it's not just the physiological changes. It's also you have to have right. the habit changes or, you know, it's possible that I could, with enough effort, end up right back where I was. Right. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which does happen. Mm-hmm. Like, um, a lot of times people think that gastric bypass or um, weight loss surgery is an end-all be-all which um, it really isn't if you're mm-hmm. not willing to make a lifestyle change right. mm-hmm. out of it as well, which is similar to exercise and proper nutrition, mm-hmm. right? Um, I feel like a lot of times people will go into an exercise and nutrition program at the beginning of the year, right? Mm-hmm. New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was working as a personal trainer, we always were like, okay, great, here's January and the gym is super packed. Mm-hmm. And then it's March 1st and it's like, oh, we're back to normal now. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is a lot of times that lifestyle change. Right. I even remember as a personal trainer when I would have clients come to me and they'd say, OK, well, how long is it going to take me to reach such and such goal? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, well, reasonably, we could do it in X amount of time based off of, you know, just understanding of how the body can change. Um and then they're like, okay, great. So at that point, I can go back to living how I was. No. No. Well, <laughs> no. You don't, you don't go, you never I made go it to, back. 120, to 120 pounds. Let's have donuts. You don't right. get right. to do that. <laughs> right. And, well, and you could maybe have one, right? Um, it's like I, it, it takes that learning curve of helping people understand that your life, like your body is very indicative of, of really showing how your lifestyle presents itself. Um, now, to say that, going back to people who are like, I'm exercising all the time and I can't seem to lose any fat, right? And 
some of that has to do with they probably are overcompensating when they eat. Um, because if they're not being mindful of that, the body will absolutely try to keep the stores it has, right? right? Because it's, it's in survival mode. Your body doesn't understand that exercise actually is good for it. It actually thinks that at least during that time, it's just like any other stress right? where you put it under a certain stress, the body adapts to it. So that way, when that stress is put on the body again, it's less of a shock right. to the body. It wants to get back to equilibrium. Right, right. So you have to pay attention to what you're eating. Right. Um, needless to say, though, that doesn't mean that you should go on, you know, just a 1200 calorie diet, which a lot of times people will think, oh, I want to lose weight. I need to eat nothing more than 1200 calories. And that's like a blanket sweep for, you know, if I have a 5'2 client or who's, you know, 5'2, 150 pounds female or a 7'1, 300 pound male, they're like, oh, 1200 calories. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. And, a lot of times, so going back to that's why am I not losing anything? That's sustainable, that 1,200 mm -hmm. calorie situation. Well, it's, it's, it's not, really not. It's not sustainable like, at all. Yeah. It's well below people's resting metabolic rate, right? And so what a resting metabolic rate is, it's the amount of calories your body needs to be awake laying down. Mine's 1,400 according to your calculations. Right. So if you were to go, Heather, on a 1,200 calorie diet, you would be eating... 200 calories less than your resting metabolic rate. And if you do that, your body goes, oh, she's not going to feed us any more food. Mm -hmm. What can we do to make sure we can live on 1,200 calories? Start eating muscle. And bone and mineral density. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So high metabolic tissues are definitely things that you lose when you go on an excessively restrictive diet. On the other hand, if you decide to maintain the food you're eating... So say you are eating a relatively healthy diet of 2,000 calories a day, and then you decide, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to start exercising, and my goal will be to burn 500 calories, but I'm going to maintain 2,000 calories, then that means you're eating in excess of four or 600 calories above your resting metabolic rate, but you're still in a caloric deficit. Right. So you should still be able to see a decrease in mass, in fat mass. Now, is there a point in the aging process where that changes? Because as a woman, we hear often that your metabolism slows down as you age, which I interpret as the natural process of muscle loss as we age, yielding a lower amount of calories burned during the day. Not necessarily the metabolism, but just the loss of muscle meaning that you're burning fewer calories. But I think that we there's a, a, a understanding that or an acceptance that as you get older, you it's harder to lose weight and it's harder to keep weight off. And so is there a point at which that math doesn't work anymore? Or are yeah. we kidding ourselves? No, yeah, it, that absolutely has been shown in science. It's strongly suggested that as you age, that you're... Your body goes through physiological changes, which anybody who has aged understands that, right? So, like, even I at the age of 37, right, is I feel significantly different than I did when I was 24. Right. Right. 
um, things that I'm able to do, the amount of time it takes me to recover after a heavy workout is slower. And a lot of that has to do with um, shifts in hormones Mm -hmm. within the body um, and then also shifts in muscle mass. So So what should we do to counteract that? Like if I'm determined to, like I have become accustomed to a certain standard of living. I have, I have become accustomed to being fit and strong and, and able to do what I want to do and not have limitations. Mm-hmm. And I want to maintain that. I, I don't want that to go away just because I'm getting older. So what should I do to keep this? So the biggest thing would be is to maintain a healthy, active lifestyle. So the more well, that's you, no fun. <laughs> the more you use. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is fun. The more you use your muscle mass the more you're going to maintain it. Right. Um, And it's not even necessarily maintaining the muscle mass in its entirety. It's maintaining the quality of the muscle mass. Mm -hmm. Right. So as we age, not only do we lose um, muscle mass as we age, especially if we're sedentary, but we lose muscle quality, which means that your fat will actually start to infiltrate within the muscle tissue itself so that you're not. (laughs) That does sound gross. (laughs) So it's not. It's not so much that it's like moving, like growing into it. It's more that as you age, even your um, your fat tissue, your adipose tissue has issues with storing fat like it used to. Mm-hmm. And so your body has to find other places to store it. And so it does that within the muscle tissue, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially for endurance athletes. They actually, we, we see that within high level and elite endurance athletes they have a lot more fat within the muscle tissue itself than a normal sedentary person is it like wagyu beef <laughs> like what <laughs> like the wagyu beef like where all the fat is like melted in with the because oh. <laughs> <laughs> those are the best cows those are the cows that are supposed to be raised the best they're taking care of the best those are the cows that exercise those are the cows that i don't know what those cows do they eat but grass. that is what their <laughs> that is what their tissue is like correct I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> it wouldn't be far off to say, yeah, sure. Um, because basically, I'm so happy with myself. <laughs> when you're doing endurance activity, the ideal fuel source is fat because right. you have so much more fat in your body than you do carbohydrates. That's why I don't eat before I run. So that you can utilize yeah. those fat In sources. my mind, my body is like free buffet right here. <laughs> and I'm running and I'm like, eat it up, eat it up. That's hilarious. <laughs> You've never told me that before. Yeah. Tristan, I have a question. Yes. So you said, you know, like if you you're say you're eating like 2,000 calories a day, you don't want to go on the restrictive thing. You're going to up your exercise to balance that. But what about somebody who's eating like 3,500 calories a day. They're eating like way too much. Mm-hmm. They have to bring the calories down too, right? And doesn't that make it like, doesn't that their body or, have to work even harder or like what happens? Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you're excessively eating 3,500, 3,500 calories a day and you're a sedentary person um, and you want to, st- you say to yourself, well, I don't want to eat any different. I'm just going to try to exercise to a point in which my body will start shifting, then you need to adopt the workout program of like Michael Phelps. <laughs> gotcha. Right? Gotcha. Like you need to exercise. How many you calories need... do you think Michael Phelps eats a day? 5,000. Now or when he was, when he was officially like training? Like when he was training. So I don't know how how true to this is, but 
they asked him when he was uh, in, I think, the last Olympics where he was winning right. his other excess of golds, um, that it was around 12,000 calories yeah. a day. Oh, wow. I was way off. I there's, said 5,000. <laughs> there's, some, there's some advantages to swimming, though, in the sense that not only are you exercising at a high level mm-hmm. because you're using all of your muscles, upper and lower body, right? You go for a run. You're mostly using your lower right. body. The more muscle mass you use during an activity, the more calories you're able to burn during that activity. Plus, if you're also exercising in an environment that requires your body to try to produce more heat to keep your body mm-hmm. temperature at a at a normal level. So like Olympic swimming pools are generally kept somewhere below 80 degrees mm-hmm. um, for competition. So then you're going to burn additional calories to try to maintain body temperature yeah um so yeah yeah, so he ate a lot right but again he also spent four to five hours sometimes six hours in a pool a day yeah right Mm -hmm. and he was like 25 years old and male yeah in the middle of yeah his Mm -hmm. prime right so so yeah that's not something i would i would recommend i don't know anybody who has that kind of time (laughs) well what i what i'm really asking is you said that when you decrease the calories, so if you go from 2,000 down to 1,200, that your body's like, oh, no, they're not going to feed us anymore, so it holds on to it more firmly. So if I'm eating 3,500 calories a day and I want to go down to 2,000, isn't my body going to do the same thing? It, it will to some extent, but if you're eating 3,500 calories a day, your resting metabolic rate isn't going to be well over what a normal gotcha, one is because gotcha. that's okay. pretty well derived from the amount of muscle mass that you have and bone tissue you gotcha. have. Okay. So somebody who's extremely overweight, excuse me, um, will have a higher resting metabolic rate than somebody who's lean because as you go through life with excess weight, you do develop more muscle tissue and more bone mineral density to some degree. Because so you're that, carrying the extra weight? Yeah. So then you end up with a slightly higher metabolic rate than you would at like a normal healthy weight. Gotcha. But it's not upwards of like, oh, well, this person's resting metabolic weight is Mm -hmm. 3,000 calories. Gotcha. That doesn't Mm -hmm. happen. It's generally, oh, instead of 1,400 calories, it would be probably 16, 17, or 18. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, I I always find that it's frustrating being a small-framed person that my... I can I don't need as many calories to keep my body mm-hmm. going. <laughs> and that when you lose weight, the reward is get you get to eat even less now because your body is smaller and therefore <laughs> needs fewer calories to function every day. It's like mm-hmm. Well, okay, so I do wonder, one of the things that I'm going to do in my pursuit of lowering my body fat percentage this year is to enlist the help of a registered dietitian that I work with to come up with a custom meal plan Mm -hmm. that will have the macronutrients that should help me be able to compete in endurance events. And compete is in quotes. I'm not winning anything. But to be able to keep participating, you know, to have the energy for that, Mm -hmm. to all and to be able to lower my body fat percentage. So do, do women especially women in their 40s need to eat more protein as they get older in order to burn fat because that's what I understand to be true. So in order, so the caveat to that where my pause comes in is in order to burn fat. Right, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
it is beneficial for all people as they age to try to increase their protein intake, okay. partly because it will help maintain muscle tissue and partly because your ability to actually um, digest and absorb protein also decreases with age. Oh. So if you're not eating as much, you're not getting as much in your blood also. Right. Okay. Um, so, and that's true for... For everyone who's aging, there's plenty of research out there that shows that increasing um, protein intake as you age helps control and maintain muscle tissue um, than if you eat less. Okay. And generally as you age, particularly when we start talking about like elderly people, mm -hmm. they have a hard time consuming high levels of protein. Um, and that's where like boost drinks mm -hmm. and insurance and things like that come in and because it's a whole lot easier to drink it. Yeah. And then you absorb it faster and then you're not left feeling super full. I'm telling you, afterwards. use it as your coffee creamer. I'd never you thought about not, that. You will not have white teeth, but you will consume <laughs> who needs, your protein. Who needs yeah. white teeth? I, <laughs> it's not like my job is talking. <laughs> right, exactly. So ha you've been doing your um, study for a few months now, mm -hmm. and it sounds like you are pretty close to having all of your participants go through the process. Are you Keeping seeing any, um, are you seeing, I know that you have not fully analyzed your mm -hmm. data, but I'm curious to whether or not you're seeing anything that gives you an idea of, of anything that's de definable as results. So... Interestingly, what we are seeing is that my group of female endurance athletes who are lean compared to my group of female endurance athletes who are considered to have excess of fat on their body based off their body fat percentage, um, all of the things that I'm looking at so far and have been able to analyze, there aren't many differences. So we should be able to lose fat at the same efficiency with proper attention to our habits potentially yeah wow i would say that that's helpful the the benefit that i'm i'm seeing from my study and that i would like to to perpetuate through my own research in the future after i earn my um, doctorate and go on to pursue a job in academia and research would be to show that exercise is beneficial for every person at every body size um as a as a country, we're so focused on weight loss and that number on the scale that a lot of times we forget to celebrate those little um, wins in terms of actual just health, right? Um, so to kind of demonstrate this, I was working as a personal trainer um, a few years ago and I had a client that I was working with for a year. And because I'm not a registered dietitian, I wasn't able to control her food intake right? or give her really specific food intake um, recommendations. We would talk about macronutrients. We would talk about nutrition and I would give her ideas or help her come up with ideas how she could improve her diet and make it healthier. But after the year, she'd only lost maybe five pounds, which mm -hmm. was super discouraging to her. Right. But she was no longer on blood pressure medication. Mm -hmm. She was no longer on... Um, close to being pre-diabetic mm -hmm. right so like yeah she only lost five pounds but she was significantly healthier yeah. after a year of being physically active and yeah. exercising and focusing on exercise mm -hmm. and that's something that um i hope to perpetuate not that if you are a person who 
you feel like you would be more comfortable with less weight on your body, then by all means, we can try to help you lose weight. But I don't feel like that should be the main focus. When you go into the doctor and have a checkup, they shouldn't just look at your BMI, which is kind of a ridiculous measurement of health anyway. I agree. That's another soapbox, right? which we probably don't have time for that. We do have a um, segment header for yeah, that. Yeah, we do we have a soapbox it. segment. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Come back and we'll talk about BMI. With that, um, it's not, that is not a great way of being like, oh, well, your BMI is over 30, so you're obese. You need to lose weight, right? It's like, well, do they need to? Right. Like, yes. So carrying excess weight on your body can be detrimental to your joints. We've seen that. It increases the amount of arthritis, especially as you age. But if your cardiovascular fitness is relatively high, that decreases the possibility of you dying at a younger age, even if you are overweight or mm-hmm. obese, right? Um, so I really feel like focus should be more towards metabolic health Mm -hmm. and doing whatever we can to increase metabolic health before trying to help somebody lose weight. Absolutely. I agree. And with the people that I work with in health coaching, you know, so many times the goals start out as a weight loss goal because they want to lose weight. And then as we work through that, it transforms into more of a a well-being goal Mm -hmm. because they are, they start to feel better and they have more energy, and they're getting off their medications, and they feel better, regardless of what the scale is indicating. And that is so much more valuable than a number on the scale. And so I agree. And I think that the, the work that you're doing is um, is super interesting to me. I'm looking forward to getting my body fat tested again at the end of the year to see whether I make a difference. I think I'll be able to tell whether I have because my clothes will fit differently. And mm-hmm. But also, I know that I'm looking forward to feeling like I'm back in control of my fitness again and that I'm really doing the things that help me to thrive. So I'm just super happy to be able to have you here and answer these questions because they are so commonly asked. Mm-hmm. And um, now you've got all the participants that you need, but when can we expect Currently. to hear your research published? Uh, published hopefully by the end of the year. Um, so I need to f- finish the other for participants that I have who are waiting um, to be able to start. And then after that, I have data analysis to run and then writing up my dissertation, defending it, graduating, and then generally about that point, I'll write up a manuscript. Just a couple things. Yeah, just a few little. It's something I could probably do over a weekend. Yeah, just probably by by next Monday. Well, (laughs) best of luck to you. Keep up the great work. I'm so happy to have been able to participate, and thank you for being here today to answer all of our questions. We'll we'll let you know how our goals continue. Right. Now, Chrissy, I know that, you know, it's been a couple of weeks here and you've probably got some stuff on your mind. I do. So let's do the five minute switch. So much to say. So little time. When the clock starts to tick, it's the five minute flip. Ladies, start your engines. Heather, it has. It's been weeks. It's been weeks, I say. (laughs) And it will be one more until I get my chance to say my piece. And so, first time we get to do this new segment. Yes, I'm super I know. excited about it. Okay. Okay, tell me. All right. So yesterday, I was 
on the Facebook, doing the scroll, doing the thing, and I saw our friend Chef Justin. Hey! And he was having a lovely dinner with his new girlfriend, and they posted a picture of it, and it looked delicious, and hi, Justin, hope everything's going great with you. Anyway, so I wanted, I don't know his his new lovely girlfriend, but I clicked to her page because I wanted to know about her, because she's dating our friend, right? I do that all the time. And um, she had something on her page that I thought was interesting. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. This was not something that she wrote. This was something she reposted, um, but it was pretty cool. I'm a guidance counselor psychologist for teenagers, and it's getting really hard to motivate young people to work for a future they don't believe in. Hmm. They look at their future and see global warming, World War III, unemployment, political instability, poison in everything they eat, the earth and the animals dying all around them. (laughs) I saw this video where someone asked French teens in the 50s how they imagined the future would be. The war hadn't been over for long, and yet it was all positive, like peace and flying cars and such. (laughs) Then they went and asked the same question to nowadays teens, and hell, that was depressing. Some still had hope, but it was just that, well, I hope I'll have a nice house and maybe some kids. But there was such a hesitancy to it, like they didn't dare to hope too much. Oh, wow. How do you feel about that? I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about that either. Um, I'm not surprised, though. I also noticed on the Facebook that one year ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> one year ago, my posts were all about how I was buying hula hoops oh, yeah. and Play-Doh, <laughs> and my kids and I were going to have so much fun on our two weeks of break, right. and then we were going to go back to school, and everything was going to be wonderful. Right. I was posting all these things about Regina had just been on our show, right. um, yeah. and not drinking, and mm-hmm. here are ways to cope with this <laughs> right. instead of drinking alcohol. I had a whole list. <laughs> so, my question on the five-minute switch today for you and for Tristan. Tristan, you work with these endurance athletes, these people who get out there and they do it every day, and they, they don't slack off, and they, they keep their stuff together. What do you see that's motivating these people? What brings them to the table every day? What can we give to our children to motivate us all to just keep going? I well, I think it. it I, well, I think that's a complicated answer because it's a combination. I didn't want to bring a, a week, five minutes. Only <laughs> five minutes. I wanted it to be a, a big question. Okay, so for me, it is partially I am internally driven to work hard I enjoy working hard and I get personal satisfaction from that and I'm really super connected to what makes me feel good and I know that going out and working my butt off makes me feel good if I want to feel good I need to go out and work my butt off and so I have convinced myself of that cycle Mm -hmm. but then I also think that there is also an external element of that which is Who you surround yourself with. If you're Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with other people who are going out and making things happen, I think that you are more likely to go out and make things happen for yourself. I think that's good. I asked my kid. I I said, hey, do you think there's going to be flying cars? She's like, no. (laughs) I was like, do you think that, like, the world's going to be cool when you're a grown-up? Like, she's like, I don't know, maybe. We'll see. Like, And it was really discouraging to me that my kid's like, I mean – this place kind of blows, you know, like, you know, I don't know if <laughs> I had, 13, and that, I think that's a, I, I want her to have a nicer attitude than that. I want her to be more motivated. Well, I'm going to ask my 15 year old now yeah. when I get home, but I mean, I don't remember at that age having an idea that the world was going to be better as I got older. 
I, I don't think that I had that expectation. Oh, I totally did. I'm like, I'm going to drive a car. I'm going to have freedom. I'm going to, like, all this new crap's going to happen. I asked her, I was like, what do you think? Are there going to be new inventions? I was like, what do, you, what do you think's still ahead? And she's like, oh, no, we've made a lot of things. Like, we have phones. We have, you know, like, she's like, oh, what do we need? You know, <laughs> so. Like, be a little innovative. So, <laughs> last weekend, we watched Back to the Future 2. Mm-hmm. And my, my uh, younger son has been dying to watch Back to the Future 2. And I didn't. I don't like that movie. I love one and I love three, but I don't like two because it's so dark. And um, but we watched it, and we realized while we were watching it that the day they were coming back from the past to like the the, the future date they were arriving at was October twenty first, two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. So we told our kids like this is what in nineteen eighty nine. They thought 2015 was going to be like. Mm -hmm. And now we're in 2021. And it was hilarious to see our kids see what did they get right and what didn't they get right. Because obviously Mm -hmm. we don't have flying cars. But they did have smartphones. They did have virtual reality. They did have, you know, Nike did make the self-lacing shoes. So it's interesting (laughs) to see, like, what they thought life was going to be like and then obviously we didn't make it nearly as far as they thought we would i wonder what kids these days like your kids tristan are young what right. they anticipate would life would be like in like 2035 oh man uh if you ask my my six-year-old then she's she is planning on going to space at some point cool. she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna be like the first woman on the moon so she and I fully was like, expects to go to space i'm like that's fantastic although i i think they they're pretty close to that happening now so <laughs> you may not be the first but you can absolutely you be can the totally first of it, something though. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and i try to instill Maybe that Mars. in my girls is like mm-hmm. you know you can you can pretty well do whatever you set your mind to but it's going to be hard yeah right mm-hmm. like it's not just going to be handed to you so make sure that you're willing to work for it um but yeah i I don't know. In my two-year-old, I'm sure she's just like... She's, she's just like, two. It's going to be great. Well, let's, <laughs> There'll let's, be rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm great. sure I mean, Elsa yeah. will be there. So yeah. That, yeah, Elsa. That's, that's what it is. We'll be on Frozen 7. It'll be fantastic. Right. You know? Like, or 14. That's all you hope for when you're two. You know, like, right. well, I hope that we get another Frozen. You right. Know? <laughs> that's it. That's the, that's the big goal. I'm going to ask now, when I get home, I'm going to ask my kids what their hopes are for the future and what that's they what anticipate. I want, that's what I want everybody to do. I, I'm giving homework on your show. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Do, so, you have, do you have any homework or should we wrap it up? Uh, yeah, we can have a little bit of homework. Don't forget your homework. All right, guys, keep exercising. Tristan says we can't stop exercising. We have to keep going. And then eat healthy. You got to keep eating healthy. Don't eat too much or whatever. But no, if you really want to change your body composition this year, exercise, eat healthy, and pay attention to Tristan's research. And if you're curious about finding out what your body fat percentage is, go and find out and then start learning about how your body functions so that you can make it better. And then ask the young people in your life. Yeah, ask the young people in your life what their hope is for the future and try to instill some in them. That's a good idea. Make them make them forward thinking. Make them know that Frozen 7 will come out and that, <laughs> you know, we're, we're all going to get there someday. And I w- I'm curious to know what they say. Come yes. and tell us on Facebook tell what your on, kids say they, they or the Instagram for the or the wherever. Yeah, we are. I don't know. Find it. I don't know how to talk to people on Instagram. I we'll only figure know how it to talk out. to people on Facebook because I'm old. Until next time. Bye.
Thank you, Tristan. <laughs> Thank you. Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time.